if he was sitting in the house or on the porch, it was with his ball. And nine times out of ten, it was with wooden matches. Strike anywhere, wooden matches. Did he ever ask where his ball went? No, he was more concerned about the pot that was taken at the same time. Welcome to Far North Tokers. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 97, July 22nd, 2018, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Special Far North Tokers Mobile Edition. Sitting out here in Northwest Pennsylvania, campground, pop up camper up, birds outside, just a chirping. Got my Vuber, concentrate. Today is L.A. Soda with a mix of train wreck. Haven't done much concentrates up there in the north. Been too pricey. Down here in Washington, it's been nice. $12 a gram, $15 a gram. Wax. Can't wait till the prices come down. But I've been practicing. Been practicing, hippie. Definitely nothing like your rig, but... Ah, this Vuber. Mmm. I sure do like... Such discreet smoking. I'm going to be leaving this with Ramblin' Ranger. We split it there in Washington. I don't want to be taking anything across the border. I'm going to miss this. I think I'm going to probably get another one. You know how you get to like things and you get used to something or other? I'm used to this Vuber and I sure like it. What are some other ones? What, which ones are you guys using out there? What do you guys use? I tried the Rippin', what, the Rippin' Ditch? Good portable that didn't, I don't think, got me through a gram. But good for what it was supposed to do. Just quick disposable vape pen. I had a Dr. Dabber. Uh, charging unit broke. Um, things just didn't work right with it all the time. And it was I was new to it, so I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. But mm, I am liking this Vuber. Can't say enough about it. Oh, man. And I want to thank again Good Cannabis for sponsoring the show. Being one of the first sponsors of the show we had a couple things start off but we're gonna get this thing rolling get back in town do some interviews with bud tenders people that are working in the back some of the growers definitely greg allison let's find out what's going on let's get a deeper look at what's going on at good we see what they do out in the community they are here to stay they are positive cannabis ambassadors tourists coming in i hope they're stopping in and seeing good I've seen a lot of shops going across country. Most of them pretty nice. We've got a lot to learn, and good is on a good track. Thank you again for sponsoring Far North Tokers. Those of you listening to the show, support the ones that support Far North Tokers. Good cannabis. Can't wait to get back and try some of that wax. Today's episode, Doughboy. He was the last recording I did before I left on vacation for the summer uh we started talking about the pipe dab bong network where you can go on and put put your stuff on there put your utensils on there and sell them trade them works pretty good i've seen a lot of things get sold through there so if you got any pipes go check that out also have a joints and rolling page throw up your joints in there that's pretty fun been uh the smoke proper started that off with being able to choose however long you want your paper to be. 
But we got to um, looking at some of his pipes, and he pulls out his, I guess, replica of his dad's pipe that was broken. Bong. We're going to go into the whole story about that. What a story. Doughboy's been in the scene for a long time. The story of father and son. We pick up right in the middle. He's about 14, 15. There is a QP of weed in the freezer at Doughboy's dad's house. He goes and takes some of it for the fair. In the meantime, someone comes to pick up the weed to take it to the Bluegrass Festival. Half of it wasn't there. What do you do? Now you're going to get blamed for it. That's all in the story. Let's let Doughboy tell it. bottles I got, I've already let one of my buddies use. Did it get broken? Or? No, no. Oh. You know how I told you I got two new bongs? Oh, they're still new. Well, yeah, but I don't have oh. it now. Oh, we borrowed it? Yeah, I let. Oh, cool. Because he, I, for a while he's been like, uh, I need you to find me a bong. We've been going back and forth and whatnot, so. Yesterday he was over here and I was like. Oh, damn it. Do you have a bong yet? And he's like, no. I just have the bubbler you gave me. I'm like, well, take this one. Use it until we figure out something out. That's for you. Really? I don't have my smoke problem. I meant to bring that today, too. And I was cleaning out my backpack for Canada. I guess it went. Dab Lab has rolling papers and Travis hasn't given me any. You know shit. I was what talking to um, Gary and he gave me a, pot, a stack of them. And I was like, cool, I'll give some of these I'm so beyond him. I got them that same day, a 420 day. Oh, really? So you were there before me. Here's my pick. Check that sucker out. It's a nice one. I like it a lot. Somebody actually sent me a private message asking if I wanted to buy it, and I ended up trading them for it. How much? Uh, I gave him some dab. Awesome. What do you want to start with? Um, getting high. What gets me high? Uh, I don't know what gets you high. Everything. I'll tell you what, I smoked a, a bowl of that critical mass. What a nice buzz off of it. Pretty... I've been keeping it to the side. Sticky spot on my table, is it? I keep thinking there is, but I can't feel it. Must just be already on my arm, and every time I stick it down, it's sticking. I've had that happen with dabs that stuck to my arm. Right. And then you keep looking at, like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, and finally find it on yourself. You're like, what? Give me just one second. Clocks wipes over there. The white container. If it's sticky, paper towel ain't no. Pull out and This section right here ends up the dirtiest. So I've actually ordered a. Why is that? Dab mat. Yeah. Decent, like. Did you get Doughboy on it? 
Like no. Like What does it have on it? What's a... It's just, just nothing plain. I actually have the buddy that you saw leaving is going to be working on some computer renderings of a Doughboy logo oh, cool. for me. Yeah. I was playing with computers and I was like, well, make me a Doughboy logo and I'll give you some pop for it. <laughs> He's like, okay. Done. <laughs> so this little thing, if you tilt it too far back, it won't bubble. You gotta have it. So it's like a dab bomb. That's exactly what it is. I don't know if I've ever seen a dab bomb. It's a dab. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen like yeah. the emails and stuff, but it's not like not like this. Well, this is a dab bomb with the. Um, it's got a cool little tripod, stool, like foot ceramic nail. Nail or beak beaker, I think is what it's called. What's the nail then? Well, e-nails, the, the nails, like the hot coil that wraps around oh, that. Right inside. Well, it wraps around this so you don't have to use the torch. Ooh. So you just plug it in and it's continuously hot. Do you have any, ever have any issues with your torch? What do you mean? Oh, I don't that's, know. Well, that's the general thing keeping me you, away from dabs. You saw how I lit it with my lighter, right? Didn't pay attention. Yeah. That doesn't seem good. My igniter don't work on this one. That's the common problem with these little whip torches. Instead of the big... Yeah. But these are nice for traveling. When it's just... It looks... Purposeful to what you're using it for. Mm-hmm. That's real fruity. Like it kind of must taste like biting into a fruit. <laughs> it's orange. That is a mixture of like everything. Still tastes just tastes it so fruitness. Yeah, that has every strain in it. It's surprising that it would taste so fruity then. Well it's like Doughboy blend. <laughs> Doughboy blend? Yeah, it has Could you recreate it or Well no, because it has <laughs> that's this dab's made of trim from all the different types. Your selection. Yeah. So, I mean... Are you still growing grape Yeah. Someone was saying, I was in Good Today, and they were talking about um, their favorite strain is grape ape. Because I was asking them what their favorite was, and they were like, grape ape. And I was like, well, you don't sell that. It's a <laughs> Well, I got it from the first one. I haven't seen it walks up, and that G13 is just... Yeah, the G13's been the new popular one. Cool. I'm, I, G13 and the Critical Mass have been the two that I kind of moved into lately. Devoting more space to? Yeah. That's where I'm at, is I like those ones. And unfortunately, I've heard more and more people lately telling me dispensaries don't have what they want or... It has seeds in it or something. I can't believe seeds, man. Something or another where... Why would you sell seeds? You must got a good deal on it. And then they're just peddling off to... Well, if the it. seeds are inside the buds and people aren't paying enough... Don't care about their customers... That's what I'm saying. ...to look into the stuff before they buy it, I guess. Right. Would be my only guess. And even if you say there's seeds in it, 
Who cares? I won't want to buy CD weed. No one wants to buy CD weed. If you tell them the seeds in it, it better be a really good, especially nowadays. A good deal? Real good deal. I mean. Yeah, I don't think it was. That but was... there's people that would still buy it because they would grind it up for joints or whatever and get the seeds out. And it's a good enough deal people will do it just because in their head they're looking at, oh, I got seven grams for well, that's all I am too. 30 bucks. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well. But was it that? Right. I think it was just, it just <laughs> told people the seeds in it. It had high THC. So that helped with the sale because it was like 32%. <laughs> yeah, that particular one definitely had a lot of seeds in it. Right. It's not good when people just talk about all the seeds in it. When that's what people are talking about. And they're not even talking about the THC. Yeah. When it's a high number and you, you don't hear people talking about the THC, there's probably something wrong with it and isn't it funny when um, no matter what grade of canvas you're smoking on if you get a seed in there seeds all taste the same oh yeah and it throws you off I'm like you don't even want to <laughs> that if little you spiral. take a hit and you get a seed straight out you don't want to smoke the rest of that bowl oh no I'm mean, like that whole bowl is done for me anyways no no I, I, I know what you mean I, I, I suffer through it I, <laughs> You know there's another one in there hiding. And then at the end when you tap it out, you see that black charred seed sitting in there that just taunted you the whole time. And they all taste the same. Critical mass? I don't even know. That's the way to be. I don't know what that bowl is. Nothing sticking out to me like a flavor or anything. I think the G13, I think we would know. I loaded it last night before I... Went to bed and I was dabbing and I started out the day dabbing. So honestly, don't know. like a beaker. I'm missing the, there's supposed to be a rubber plug here with just a regular bowl. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing that, but I'll find a new one here shortly. It should be easy to find a, a Pirate Pipes will make me a new glass stem once I talk to him yes. for it. But the story behind this is, when I was growing up, my dad had a clear one just like this. And what it is, it's just... It's about a softball-sized glass ball with just a straight cylinder out of it with a big mouthpiece at the end. Carved straight off behind yeah. the bar bowl. Right. My dad's carb was bigger. That's one thing I never liked about this one compared to my dad's. But when I was growing up, like, all... <laughs> up until actually my sister talked me into stealing it from my dad my dad had this bong <laughs> and he that's what he smoked out of when he was at home unless it was like out in the shop 
which he would usually take one of the pipes because he didn't want to break it on the Harley. <laughs> if he was sitting in the house or on the porch, it was with his ball. And nine times out of ten, it was with wooden matches. Strike anywhere, wooden matches. <laughs> and did, was there? Did he have an ashtray next where he's collecting all those matches? Yeah. There was a spot where you could see for his wood pile where you'd strike him on the <laughs> wood pile. And then, like, the ceramic ashtray where you'd drop him in for his burnt matches. So that was... You didn't see your dad. That was the piece you saw your dad smoking out of time all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, before the age of 10, growing up, this is what dad was smoking out of. When I was working at the head shop when I was 16, I came across this one, which is a rose color compared to clear, with the slightly smaller hole for the carb. When I seen it, I had already... Taking dad's and when after we took it, we ended up it ended up getting broken. So this isn't the one you, your dad smoked out. No. Okay. This is the replacement. Replacement <laughs> in my mind to yes. dad's. Uh huh. <laughs> so what happened to dad's? Dad's actually got tossed over the fence, so dad wouldn't catch us with it. And oh. when it got tossed, it got it hit, hit a tree and broke. Because it was one of those teenage things of either lose the bong or get caught by dad. Well, I'll take that. Now be a patron of Bar North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can steer the show through guest suggestions and reviews. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. Let's me know Far North Tokers is important to you, and I can just keep on keeping them. Thank you to the patrons that I have. Did he ever ask where his bong went? No, he was more concerned about the pot that was taken at the same time. Oh, how much pot did you take? That time, four ounces. Oh. I didn't talk to my dad for four years. Oh, shit. Afterwards. Yeah, your son's stealing from you. My dad was in a motorcycle club one percenter, and it wasn't his pot. It was actually one of his good friends, which lived about two and a half blocks, three blocks away, and was the president at the time of that motorcycle one percenter club. <laughs> so it was actually his pot and it was supposed to be going to Talkeetna Bluegrass somebody else was supposed to pick it up and take it down there and big long fiasco they got in trouble and then it found its way back <laughs> to who really took it which was me And How old were you? I just turned 14 So there was a lot of people down at Talkeetna that were upset Oh, yeah. They didn't have weed that weekend because of 14-year-old Doughboy? Yeah. Did you already get rid of it, or did you guys get it back? My dad didn't get any pot back out of the whole quarter pound. He, I think there might have been an eight that they found. What? What? Okay. So my your dad, dad just had your, his weed out in the shed or something? No, it was in the freezer. He was gone on a motorcycle trip in States. Why? Did you hate your dad at that time? He, I got pissed because he, my birthday's... 
in uh, the first of August. Uh-huh. He went on a motorcycle run, and when he came back, he paid for his bike to be shipped to the states for a motorcycle run right before my birthday, and then planned to come back and go to Talkeetna and not see me for my birthday. Made me mad. I thought it was my dad's. Sure. I didn't think anybody else was going have any repercussions but my dad. When you're 14, you don't think that far past I mean, it, who you're doing it to. It was in my dad's house, in my dad's freezer. So you took it and then sold it? Took it, smoked it? Smoked it, traded shit with it, sold it a little... Yeah. Week of the fair, dude. Uh-huh. At 14. A quarter pound of pot don't last very long. And it was all, it was all like, vindictive... Taking? Like you took it and you're just like, fuck it, and taking it. Or just 14, you didn't think about it that hard. Straight up, I was just mad because... Mm-hmm. And he took, took his weed, sold his weed. Well, I started with two ounces, and then I went through that, and had to go back and get the other two ounces. <laughs> and that's probably the biggest part where I got caught. Your dad came home and... and no, somebody else. President? No, no, they had somebody else that was out of town, and they were supposed to pick it up. So someone just showed up at your place to get it? Well, showed up at my dad's house. I was living with my mom. Okay. <laughs> so you weren't there when you right. went down. So he says it's not here, or it's not all here, because did right. you leave any? Well, I left two ounces to start with, and then they told him, and they everybody started freaking out, and a big old deal. You took it after the deal went down? After everyone was getting pissed? I didn't know. I was a kid. I didn't, right. They didn't tell me. Okay. So, <laughs> so they went to pick up the whole thing and there was only part of it, half of it. Right. And he was told, well, leave it there until you get ready to come. We'll figure it out. And then when he went back to get the, the it rest was all was gone. gone. And he started getting blamed. So didn't he get a call? Oh, no. Back in the day, and this town's very small. I didn't get a call until I didn't know that my dad knew that I had done it until my dad and one of the enforcers of the club showed up and I got literally drug out of my bedroom by my dad. Thrown into the couch and I wore a ring imprint in my forehead from who I consider my uncle, who was the enforcer of the club for at least two weeks. Because I thought I would be a smart ass. I was told to sit down and stay, and they pushed me down, and I went to sit back up, and I got ping right to the forehead. exactly what he said. I told you to sit down. <laughs> and about that time, my mom, other people were here and they called my mom freaking out saying that my dad was here to kill me. And You say here, here? Yeah, here. Here in this place? Yeah.
Okay. This is where I... It's taking a whole nother meaning now. (laughs) This is, like... So there? Um, yeah. Like the couch? Yeah. Okay. 14. (laughs) Stand up, you're told. The the bedroom across from the bathroom is where I got drug out of... I had your mom home? No, my mom was at work by... She worked at... By the jail at the time. Not at the jail, just by it. Somebody else called her... That was, you know, because there was a bunch of teenagers here. Because my sis, my mom let my sister move people in. <laughs> like, there was one time this house had 14 people. Oh, shit. Staying in it. Kids? Well, there was, my mom was the only adult, and then me and my sister, that makes three, and then 11 strays. Just run away from home and just didn't want to be my, around. And... My sister had brought them and then other people brought more. And we had a Dodge van in the backyard that got T-boned and mom let it turn into the padded space van. The stories of the padded space van are unreal. Because <laughs> the padded space van was, I mean, it was right in the front of the backyard and it was the spot party. <laughs> Like a like a club. It's just a little clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Like, there was plenty of times where we had smoke, like, Cheech and Chong. Like, literally. And the neighbors on the other side, being Mormons, with their six kids, just loved us. <laughs> alcohol bottles fill, lining the roof. You go in the side door of the van, and there was alcohol bottles just lining the roof. Smoke would pour it. <laughs> yeah. So you're by yourself here. You're 14. <laughs> your dad and uncle enforcer come in, tell you sit down, you stand up, you get punched in the forehead. Right. Then what? Right about that time, mom comes bursting in the How? door. she just off or she knows something? No, wrong? they called her. The other kids called her and told her. The stray cats. Yeah. Told her that my dad was here to beat my ass. Was your dad young at this point? Oh, yeah. When my dad pulled up, they were on the phone <laughs> to my mom saying, his dad's here. And and he just knew because you're the only one that had access to it. It wasn't a matter of that. It was I had actually kind of messed up and given pot to people he knew. <laughs> like I said, it's a small town. Right. And <laughs> they just knew. that They, they knew what him. pot it was. They knew by the pot itself. And we're like, It'd be like me getting G13 and knowing it. Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> Be like, um, I know where that came from. Why do you have it? Wait a sec. Who are you? Oh, shit. So, it, it was tracked down rather quickly of who had the pot. So, this house had to be booming. Oh, yeah. Does your dad have a similar voice to you? That gravelly, deeper voice? Probably deeper. So, when he came in yelling, he you would... Well, if you went to stand back up, you must not have been too afraid at first. I was cocky, son of a bitch. Yeah, your dad. My dad stood 6'2", almost 6'3", and who I consider my (laughs) uncle is about 6 foot. But that changed right at that moment, right? At that moment, he was dad, but he wasn't dad. No, I I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Right. I I mean... But you stayed sitting. After I got hit? Yeah. Okay. Your mom comes in the door. Oh, my mom comes in the door, and she's ready to take on both of them. She's screaming? She's screaming, yelling, telling them she's going to call the cops. This is her house. They have no right to be in here. I mean, and she kicks them out. Mm -hmm. Like, 
without mom showing up, God knows what would have happened. No ifs, ands, or buts. They weren't asking for the pot at that point. They were enforced. They were punishing. Oh, yeah. The next day, they sent the person that was supposed to take the pot down to Talkeetna over here to collect pot or anything of mine that had any value. The next day, and I know this person from before, before he ever knew my dad, through my mom. And he comes over and he's like, well... Hold on, Look, we gotta take a break. We gotta take a smoke break. I'm gonna <laughs> write this down. So this, we're, this is the mule, right? The mule comes to visit Doughboy. <laughs> we, we got okay, I gotta take a break. You know what I... Mr. Mule comes over. Does he knock at the door? Oh, yeah. And you answer? I might have been in the driveway or in the van. And, like, cause okay. We, we were in the van a lot. Okay. I think I was in the van, actually. When and the van is called the... Padded Space Van. Padded Space... Is it still sitting out there? It's in my property in North Pole. When you get back, I'll take you out and show it to you. Okay. It, it's not nearly as nice as it was at... Well, of course. Um, it's been a long time. Right, but you could see the idea of it. We can almost go back in time and get the feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a 1979 Dodge Tradesman 100 van. We had a couch sitting across the back on the rear tire wells, cushions on the floor. The driver's seat was turned around. The passenger seat, when it was still there, was turned around. A nice pad for a 14 year <laughs> So you meet Mr. Mule, and he says, do you say hey? Does he say hey? Oh, no, he's pissed. Because okay, it's a pissed conversation. Yeah, because he was blamed for... And he may have taken some sort of heat. Oh, yeah, he like I said, he was blamed for it to start with. But prior to this, I mean, like, he's an ex-Marine. Prior to this, before he even knew my dad, me and him wrestled, and I took him down. So he already has this in his mind when he's coming. Like, okay, my dad's sending him, and then Forster's sending him. At the same time, before I was even 14, we wrestled, and I took him down, and he's a trained Marine. I'm a big 14-year-old. Wrestling's different than fighting. Did you fight? No, but... You just bared him. I mean, like, he was tapped out. Like, he literally was you like... bared him? Like, your weight hugged him and shit, or... Oh, yeah. Choked him? Okay. <laughs> Have you? Did you get in fights before then? Yeah. Like fist fights or oh, wrestle yeah. fights? Both. Fist fight? Oh yeah. Okay. I was. All right. <laughs> so the man's showing up, and you guys had sparred before, and he's angry. Yeah. Because he's throwing on. He's got to throw on his shit right now. Right. He's got to be like. And see, I'm not intimidated by him. It's we, the fear of my dad and uncle coming back. Well, yeah. It's who's standing behind him. <laughs> right. So right. But even though they're not there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're standing behind him even though... Well, they stood over you the day before, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I still had the very fresh imprint in my head. <laughs> Pretty much anything that, like, video games, any ceramics Star Trek pipe that I have, that's how 
he took that, like, all my stuff that was taken went to my dad. Because my dad had to pay the bill. So he sent him over to get all the money and everything of value of yours. Well, there was no money. But he came over to get that. Well, anything. My dad knew there was no money. (laughs) He was sent to come collect anything, like, to literally fuck with me. I love pocket knives. All my pocket knives, like, Swiss Army knife, anything of value. Did he just rifle through your room or did you show him shit? No, he not nicely rifled, like, a thief rifled, like, ransacked. Ransacked. (laughs) Were you back there or you up here? Oh, I had to stand there and help him. That was part of my punishment. And then it was all over after that? For four years. Nothing was said. Four years. Who held out the olive branch? I ascended the branch first. Wait a minute, we missed the story. Huh. The bong. How'd the bong get broken then? After my dad came beat my ass before he... Right then? The next day, well, that night, when he left, uh-huh. it got broken that night. Because he came back? Well, before the um, mule could come? Yeah. <laughs> After I got my so ass... you were just getting rid of shit. Right. Okay. Like, I knew I had this, and I didn't want them... I knew somebody was coming to collect shit. Right. I knew it. But I mean, I had for already... a wall? I guess you're 14. It was just the back fence. And you figured you'd get it later. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to land in the bushes. And when it went <laughs> so over... So you're feeling kind of frantic then. If oh, yes. Yeah. I was freaking out, dude. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, I had my ass kicked and I knew somebody was coming to take shit from me. Everything that I ditched wasn't there or was trashed. Time I, but I was freaking. I mean, all right. So you did tell you that. Okay, so that story happened. Yeah. So when we tossed it over the fence, I just did a light little toss over. It smacked right into a tree. Okay. So four <laughs> years go by. But Nothing. No. Did you ever get con- contacted by the club? Nope. Just done. It was just done. Yeah. Did you feel like it was even? You paid back whatever or no my dad did felt like it was even no my dad paid i still owed my dad okay right so you felt that whole four years that you still oh yeah i mean the whole four years i was on edge i mean sure what they took wasn't of equal value i mean like if you would have put a value on all my stuff that was taken from my mom's house mind you see what i haven't told you for the catcher of it is in that three years, I had a motorcycle, a dirt bike before that, at my dad's house. My dirt bike was taken by the person whose pot it was. And my dirt bike sat at his house until that four years was done. So what was his, the, what was four years? When my dirt bike came back from his house, my dad made me go with him to pick it up. What was for you? Is that when first you met your dad then? No, no. That was part of the repercussions for, like, the payment for it. Right. He took... Collateral. Well, like, my dad paid the bill, but until I actually came and had to see the person himself and feel that guilt, Uh 
they held on to my dirt bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my dad wasn't riding it. Nobody was riding it. It was just sitting there at his house. The person knew I couldn't go to my dad's house and take my dirt bike. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to go to the other man's house. Right? No, see, actually, I take that back. After I had stuff taken, one of the other punishments was I had to go, for the rest of the summer, I had to go mow that dude's yard. By hand. And he had a riding lawnmower, and it was like over an acre. Beautiful grass. Nobody ever did his yard by hand. You just had to push it like one of those little push things? Well, just like a regular running mower, Uh you know, with a bag. But he had a big old fancy double bag riding lawnmower. It would take him like an hour and a half to mow his yard. Me out there with the push mower at 14, like just turned four, four hours. And that's like... Trying to almost run. <laughs> Did he ever sit out there with you? Oh, no. He sat there inside his air-conditioned house and looked through the window and watched me. Then he would come. You missed the spot over there. This was during the four years you didn't see your dad? No, then. no. This was immediately after. My you weren't birthday. seeing your dad then, were you? Well, I saw my dad for the rest of that summer. Okay. Like, my birthday's in August. Summer in. My birthday's at the beginning of August. Summer ends at what? Like... September. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the next month, I had to do that. Then what point did you stop seeing your dad? Pretty much right after that. They... Did he move? Nope. What, what was the thing that stopped it? Because you were still seeing him during that time, right? The thing that stopped it was he got more into the club, and they told him in order for him to not have any more repercussions, <laughs> he needed to pretty much step away from me because I had done more than one wrong. <laughs> so wow. okay. he made his choice of stepping away from not just me, but my older sister as well for two and a half, almost four years. And what's the olive branch? Him coming back had to be, right? Well, actually I extended it because I was 17. almost At the beginning of the summer, I was going to be 18 come August. Me and my mom were bickering teenage you know i wanted to be out of the house Mm, (laughs) you know i was already smoking partying my parents had four acres property in north pole my mom's name was on legally on half the property so i went to my mom and asked her she's like yeah i don't have a problem with you because i was like i just want to build a shack like just a little party shack i don't Mm -hmm. care i'm gonna go collect lumber out of the dump (laughs) 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 i mean i was like just for the summer, even. No mm-hmm. heat. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Get out. I just want to get out and build a, build a house. Be away from my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, go for it. I don't care. I mean, like, I planned this from this summer, like, before. Because when the dividend before, I had bought a box of nails, tool. I mean, like, <laughs> I was geared for it. Mm-hmm. So come the beginning of the summer, I had tools, nails. I mean, I was eager did you get it built well that, that's part of the story okay, okay, okay. don't jump ahead i feel like it go 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 <laughs> my mom says well you know your dad, and you know the temper he has. 
you build something out there on that property, you know, he considers that his. Because he was supposed to pay my mom money, and that was really his property. But my mom never got the money in the divorce. So her name was still on it. Mm -hmm. But he paid the taxes. So it was his property. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, you know, your dad, you better actually talk to him before you build something. Because his best friend owned a tow company. She was like, he'll just back up to it and hook a chain on to it and drive away and your shit will be gone. Uh-huh. I was like, fuck, you're right. So I go to my dad's best friend who owns the tow company and I'm like, I want to talk to my dad. Make it happen. That's all I said. And I walked out of his business. I mean, I walked in, said hi. I was like, He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I want to talk to my dad. Make it happen. Sooner than later. And I turned around. I want to build something in the North Pole. Make it happen so I can talk to him. I get a phone call an hour later from him. He'll be at his house after 4 o'clock between 4 and 6 outside working in the yard on trucks. Go by and see him. I have to go to my dad's house? Um, <laughs> that That's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I suck it up the guts and probably one of the most, not the terrifying thing. I can't think of the terrifying thing, but definitely up there in, for gut wrenching. I have seen him in three years. Well, yeah, and the last time, it was not on good terms. No, having your son take from you couldn't have been a good feeling. Well, not only having your son take from you, but embarrass you in front of your very respected friends yes is <laughs> not a good thing they're working on a truck and I pretty much came and we pretty much worked on the truck together I told him what I wanted to do he looked at me and said well I'll tell you what I'll do you one better one better? what do you mean? he said I'll pay for your box your house to be built or for you know you'd have something out there but it's mine if something happens to my house I'm coming moving in there. It's still mine, but you can live in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I cleaned. He was like, well, because there was an old house that was like, you had to cl- clean it. I'll take this cab over camper out there. You can stay in it. And you show me that you're serious about doing it by actually starting to clean it by hand with a shovel and wheelbarrow. like... They had four foot of sawdust under the house for insulation, two foot wall thick of insulation, and their insulation was sawdust. So he told me, go out there and move it by hand to show me that you're committed to this. And then... Was this something already on the property? Yeah. Okay. And you were going to build something next to it or something? Well, I was going to tear it down. Okay. Okay. Because my parents had a house that burnt. 
it once it burnt, it just got left. Like they had a bus that they built a uh, catchment on, and then somebody stole the bus. <laughs> so just the burnt attachment was left. Oh. Like the roof was all sl- like three walls, but the roof caved in. So you were gonna you were a demolition man for this house, right? Okay, I had to be demolition man to build on the flat ground that was already clean and. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you were taking it away. Just, uh, right. I was like, all right, let's do it. So I was out there with shovel, and man, I worked for like a week up until I hit frozen. I mean, like, it was frozen. And by then, it was like July. Sawdust is amazing at how well it insulates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a fire hazard from all get out, but the insulation factor is unreal. Hmm. <laughs> Pioneer style, huh? Oh, yeah. Straight up, like, Alaskan original. Uh, it's cool. We're filling this wall. <laughs> Have an outer wall with pallets. Like, literally, the outer wall was made out of pallets put together with filled in, knocked pallets apart to put in the spaces to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And then build, and then an inner wall was built with boards going in between to hold it. And then sawdust was filled, packed in. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you get the whole thing down? Well. It's frozen. It's no. frozen. I mean, like, I worked. I, I mean, I tore the building part down. I got up until I hit frozen sawdust. By then, I was like, okay, what? Am I going to be out there with a pickaxe? <laughs> so, dad gave, went and he's like, all right, you're committed enough. Went and rented the bobcat and cleared it and built the, what we called the box in the woods, 16 by 24 flat roof box that we completed by the end of the summer. <laughs> oh, I got in trouble the next summer and dad was mad at me for not being responsible <laughs> what'd you get in trouble for I met a girl and let her talk me into doing something I shouldn't have so dad wasn't happy with me so we didn't build the next summer and then the summer after that he was busy working and then the next January he passed away so the box in the woods Never got completed. Me and the wife ended up living in it. When I met her, I had the box. We moved in here in January because we didn't like... I didn't like her roommates. One of the roommates. Because there was one, two, three, four, five roommates besides her. Oh, wow. And... It's a lot of personalities together. <laughs> One of them I really didn't like. Three of them, I mean, I disliked. <laughs> One I couldn't stand. Three I <laughs> total I disliked. <laughs> so <laughs> One I could tolerate. <laughs> Two. Two you could tolerate? Yeah. Well, one I could tolerate and one was, is still like my best friend today. That's cool. He's actually... Why I was at the apartment and why I ended up being with B 
being able to meet my wife. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it was right on the on the same road, right on the other side of the park. Hmm. You had to get. Settle things with your dad? As far as me taking shit and. He, no, just father son stuff. He yeah, pretty much. Just. By then he was out. He had gotten in trouble himself. He had gotten on. Not felony, but federal probation. He was trying to cross state lines in a motorcycle pack, on a run, all kinds of trouble. I mean, like, big, big trouble. So, by then, he was a little bit more understanding, I guess you could say, of people making mistakes. And it was pretty much, okay, that happened in the past. You did your sentence of... Me not be, being around, you know, <coughs> leave it in the past. And we never brought it up or talked about it. Never after that. Nope. I, like, even when I went, he took me over to get my dirt bike. We still didn't even bring it up then. Why my dirt bike was there, nothing. At which point did you go get your dirt bike? Like, a month after... Talk to your dad, you're like, hey, let's go get my... Oh, I I didn't say it. He's like, hop in the truck. <laughs> right, when we started talking... You probably forgot about it, huh? Well, I knew. Honestly, what he told me was he sold it. Okay. To pay the bill. So I thought it was gone. Straight up. Once we started talking, it just went back to father son again. And like, so he, once so he I... says, get in the car, let's go. We're going to go Once I my buddy. stuck my hand out and was willing to... Say, I want to build out here in North Pole, and, you know, he saw that I was trying to get out from under Mom's roof. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, that's my son. I'm still going to help him. It went back to father's son. How'd the dirt bike go? We were over there doing something. I don't even remember what we were doing. Typical yard shit or whatever. And my dad had, like, 10, 15 trucks. I mean, like, I have five in my... Backyard, so it runs in the family. <laughs> and Pipe collection, truck collection. <laughs> right. My dad had a Harley collection. He had seven Harleys when he passed away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> most people only have one. Dad had one that only lived in the lower 48. That bike, he bought it up here. He took it home. He uncrated it, rode it. 10 miles, created it back up, and shipped it to the States. Why? Because he bought it for the States. It but, he, was, but he rode it around up here for 10 miles or whatever? Yeah. He just wanted, because he bought it from the Fairbanks Steelers, so he wanted to make sure everything worked proper. Because he bought two bikes, identical chassis, identical motors, identical exhaust. Only thing different was one was a bagger, one wasn't. What's bagger mean? Solid bags on the side. Okay. The nice 
flared um, with the radio and cowing and everything. That's the one that lived in the States. That was his cruiser. He had one identical without the bags, without the big flaring for his house here in town. Mm-hmm. That was his scoot around, as he put it. <laughs> scoot around. Yeah. <laughs> now, mind you, it wasn't just no scoot around <laughs> bike, but that's what he called it. But, you know, the big fancy one, like, because it lived in the state, he had a pager where if the alarm went off on the bike, it would, it sent a signal to his pager. So he could be away from his bike and know his alarm just went off. You tell him what's messing with my shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are out fixing trucks. And he just said, hop in. And the truck he said to hop in was one we don't, you, you know, didn't usually drive. Because it was a two-wheel drive, so it sat lower. I was like, okay. He just starts driving, drives over and pulls into his buddy's house. This is where you had mowed his lawn, right? Right. I mean, I knew whose house it was, no doubt. Right. And I'm just sitting there quiet, like, you know, not saying anything, just looking, like... Am I going to get my ass beat again? Were well, you thinking about that at all, or no? No, it was more of, okay, what are we doing here? I, I mean, Dad had already told me he was away from... The club, he was still friends with him and everything, but he was, that wasn't his scene anymore. He still knew them all and could hang out. And so I'm just like, and he didn't tell me what we were doing. And he hops out and goes up, knocks on the dude's door. And he comes out and they talk and dad yells, get out of the truck. So I get out and I'm standing there by the bed of the truck. He's like, open up the tailgate. Grab that ramp there and put it there. Okay. Still nothing. Mm-hmm. And then by this time, Dad goes, and his buddy goes over to a shed and pulls out my dirt bike, kind of did, you know, a double look at it. Like, I know that dirt bike. <laughs> Didn't say nothing. Like, I'm not even thinking or risk saying anything. Mm-hmm. They bring it over, and they don't even ask for my help. I mean, like, Dad, six. Two, almost six three, three hundred pounds, and his buddies, you know, three fifty, four hundred pounds, big, big guys. Mm-hmm. They'll pick up a Harley together. <laughs> Forget a little dirt bike, right? <laughs> and they just roll it right up the ramp and tell me, hop up there, strap it down. So that's uh, exactly what I do. Hop up there, strap it down, get it right, and everything. Go home. That's like, well, how you feel about having your bike back? Okay, I guess. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, okay, I guess. Uh, uh, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> like, what's the catch? You just kept waiting for something, probably. Right. Do we have to do something for this? Did I... Well, see, the funny thing is, we got it back, but Dad never really let me ride it after we got it back. I, even when I asked him, I was like, can I take the dirt bike out? No. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever ride at Everest? Nope. Huh. Where's it at now? Um, when my dad passed away, his widow took it. Sold everything. Well, no, she took it because my dad got her into riding. When she came up here, he had her start 
riding that one before he bought her. Because she didn't have a Harley. He didn't buy her a Harley yet. She had some other bike when he passed away. She was working her way up to a Harley. Mm -hmm. But she hadn't graduated to the Harley level yet. (laughs) She took it because she said, Well, your dad gave me that bike so I could learn to ride on it. Um, that's my bike long before that he didn't give you that shit mm-hmm. he let you ride it difference of opinions yeah and then, how'd he die what he die from I can tell you what they say he died of he went to sleep and never woke up they say it, sleep apnea which he did have sleep apnea he had, you don't believe that well the thing about that is, me, my sister, and his widow agreed for an autopsy, went back to, at the funeral home, went back to her, his house, dropped her off. She's like, will you go get me a bag, gave us money to go get her bag. We leave, and while we're gone getting a bag, we didn't know at this time. She calls the funeral home and cancels the autopsy. Didn't tell anyone that she did it. Until after she had power of attorney signed over to her. <laughs> and then, after she had power of attorney signed over, started freaking out. Well, I'm missing all these Vicodin. My dad wouldn't have touched her pills. Oh, she was saying that he was taken? She tried to say the night that he passed away, he took a whole bunch of his her pills. And that's why she canceled it, because it would fuck with... The life insurance or his retirement. And me and my sister never saw any of that. She got it all. And, oh, what do you know? She took off out of state right afterwards. What do you think happened? If I had to be a guessing person, she did something. I'm not going to contemplate on what. I have my own theories. But somebody's screaming about I'm missing... All these pills. She knew my dad always drank a cup of tea before he went to bed. Kind of, well, what, did you put him in his tea without him knowing? Is that going to kill you? If you have sleep apnea, the thing about it is if you take Vicodin, where if, like, a normal person, if you... Take medicine, you go to sleep, you'll be fine, right? If you have sleep apnea, go to sleep, and he didn't use his machine that night to help him with his breathing. When he stops breathing, usually it's his subconscious. My dad was so bad, he would go, and then it would just dead silent. Like, and then you'd hear, Like, he would literally stop breathing from him and then choke. Like, it was his subconscious. Wake up or breathe. Right. Well, when he was on the medicine, his subconscious... Dead. ...was out of it to the point where it didn't tell him, Hey, breathe, motherfucker. And not having the machine, therefore, it wasn't putting any oxygen (laughs) into him. Were they getting along okay? They were only married for three months, four days. (laughs) She walked away with $495,000 for his initial 
retirement. Wow. Tell me if that doesn't sound a little cheap. And me and my sister got nothing. And she gets money from his retirement and whatnot for the rest of her life. Was she with him before the three months? Only about a year. Here in Fairbanks? She moved up here from Texas. Like internet thing? Or was it a bike thing? No, they, like, my dad went to school for work a whole bunch down in Oklahoma. And that's actually where they met. Southern Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And that's where she's from is northern Texas. Southern Oklahoma area. They met when he was down there at one of his schoolings, actually in a bar. Supposedly hit it off, and then the next trip they... Because my dad already did that once. (laughs) So, yeah. Familiar pattern. Yeah. Well, at least you got your thing squared away with him. That would have been bad for him to go away and you'd still be not talking to him. It's always good to have those things settled. Yep. While you can. Never go to bed angry, right? That's right. Was he living here when he passed away? Yep. By the airport. So you were, were you seeing him regularly? Uh, yeah. The last words I said to my dad was, I love you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. You got lucky. Yep. I'm proud of being able to say that. So, hell yes, it's a good, good I, moment. The last thing I did when I saw last time I saw my dad was I gave him a hug and said I loved you, and was actually planning on going over and helping him that weekend to chop firewood. Like <laughs> my dad passed away January eighth, and that Christmas. Before, you know, right before he passed away, my dad was, like, so happy, and one of the trucks in my backyard, he gave to me for a Christmas present, because hmm. I didn't have a vehicle, and I was working at KFC as a cook. He's like, here you go, grab this truck, have it so you can get around. <laughs> Vehicles change a the lifestyle. They tried to take it back from me when he passed away, and... <laughs> I wouldn't let that. It's like, no, he gave that to me. <laughs> I'm not giving that from the state. Dad gave that to me. <laughs> Things get ugly sometimes. Well, my dad, like, he had a bike. He worked a deal with with somebody else that Christmas. She took it back on him. She was a piece of work. Don't have to see her again, huh? No. The way I look at it is karma's a wonderful thing. I wasn't allowed to go to my own father's estate auction. Like, when they auctioned off all of his estate's... His belongings. I wasn't allowed to go to it. I got a call from the state troopers that morning because she had put a restraining order on me. Between you two, so it, was, right. it wasn't against the estate, just... no. She blocked you from being able to go to the state through that. She put a restraining order on me, and because 
that was her residence, I wasn't allowed to go on that property. Even though she wasn't in town, or even the state, while it was happening. I was on probation, and I got a call from the state troopers saying, if you go there, we see you, we will be looking for you, Mr. Copeland, um, you will be arrested. So I had to honestly sit back and think, do I want to take a chance of going to jail to be able to go to my own dad's state auction, or do I want to miss it? So I wasn't allowed to go to his, my own dad's estate auction, even though I had money and would have bought stuff. Yeah. You know, karma's what it is. <laughs> karma. Yep, karma. It will get her. I believe I have good karma. I have a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful daughter. Wife that loves me. I roof over my head. Dry. <laughs> good pot to smoke. What can I ask for? Money changes people. I don't want to be changed. I like who I am. The last thing I want to get before I go, for this segment, this chapter, did you ever gain any, like, respect back from your dad's friends? The person who I consider an uncle, who was the enforcer that left the wing imprint after, at my dad's funeral, or his wake, he came up to me, gave me a hug, and said, if you ever need anything, you let me know. Fair enough. The morning of my wedding, I like the night before my wedding, I stayed up like all night partying. Like, I didn't have an actual bachelor party, no stripper. I just partied all night, mm -hmm. smoked. Was up all night long. My wedding was at like noon, I think, maybe two in the afternoon. And it's like eight in the morning, maybe seven in the morning, right? And I'm over at a friend's house partying. They call, they didn't know that he was gonna be there. They called the clubhouse. He picked up the phone and he heard me in the background. He started asking, "Who? who is that? And they told him, his next words were, bring him to me. On the morning I'm getting married. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I thought we were good. What the? Like, this is, you know, like, my, two years after my dad passed away. Uh -huh. Right? So, I get taken to the clubhouse. Why did they call? The person that called the clubhouse was looking for somebody else. Just happened to be calling there looking for somebody. Yeah. And you were in the background of the party. Right. Got it. We were in the garage, you know, a garage how it echoes because there wasn't a car in it. Mm -hmm. And I was talking, being high, loud, laughing, and he recognized my voice. So you got like six hours before your wedding's going to happen. Maybe four. 
Yep. And so you're taking it to the clubhouse. Right. I'm like not having a clue what's Could you have said no? I could have, but I don't want to know what the okay. repercussions would have. You were been. summoned. Right. And like it could have been good, could have been bad. Right. I had no clue at this time. All I but know if you didn't show up, that's bad. Oh, if I didn't show up, that was beyond bad. Yep. That's when people would have been seeking me out. And you don't want that on your wedding day. No, let's just carry this right now. Yeah. Okay. So, I go. Mind you, at this time, he knows I smoke. He smokes, but we've never smoked together. Right? We've had our differences over the years. Bites me into the clubhouse. Like, the other people that are with me that take me, they get sent over to see somebody else. He brings me in the bar of the clubhouse where it's just him and me. And I'm like, you know, stomach's down in my gut, you know, like, holy, what the hell's... And he looks at me like, you want a beer? And my gut gets a little bit less tense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm good. Well, I just want to tell you congratulations on getting married. <laughs> I want to tell you in person. I can't make it to your wedding, but later today, because he already had a fundraiser, because he's actually in jail right now, and they had a fundraiser going for him the day of my wedding to help raise money for for his legal fees. He was like, I can't make it there, but I wanted to see you on your wedding day and congratulate you. If you have a chance after after your ceremony, stop back on by. If not, that's okay, too. And we sat down and we smoked a joint together. Did he pull it out or did you pull it out? He pulled it out. He lit it up. Good moment. Yep. Very good moment. I think we got some of the story. Some of it. And until next time. This is Doughboy and Mitoker signing off. See you around again. Last recording in Fairbanks for the summer until August. Signing out. Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's token.